We are locked on NFL Wednesday edition. It is a Twitter Wednesday. We're going to get to your Twitter questions about the National Football League. I am Brian Peacock. Alongside me, as always, the scout, Matt Williamson. Quick reminder, you can find this podcast, all the podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network, including my other show, Locked On 49ers. And uh, every team covered, tell a friend that not only are Matt and I covering the entire NFL here, you've got all your teams covered locally on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your favorite podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can find these podcasts everywhere. You can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Matt is at Williamson NFL. Let's get to these Twitter questions. Matt, super fun week one and now looking into week two. And uh, it's going to be fun to see what trends solidify themselves throughout the season, what gets turned on its ear. Uh, It's just so fun to see real football happening and see some teams on the field. And uh, real quick, before we get to these Twitter questions, I want to throw this by you. I just looked at some some odds, some Super Bowl odds, and not a lot changed. There was a little bit of movement with some teams. Baltimore, I think, got a little bit higher and a couple things I noticed. But the one thing I really noticed is, and Miami was a long shot to begin with, but Ooh. Washington <laughs> Washington is second to last at 500 to 1. Miami is the last team. It jumps from 500 to 1 with Washington to 10,000 to 1 to win the Super Bowl for the Miami Dolphins. If that tells you wow. uh what happens Sunday. You talk about a distant second or a distant 31st on the list. Insane. I'm not even sure if Washington belongs to be 31st, but wow, Miami surely deserves to be in the cellar and what a debacle that was. Um, I don't know if you have the numbers in front of you, but my hunch is the Patriots might have taken a little step up too. Yeah, they're three to one. They're the number one team one. there, and uh, yeah, it's <laughs> I, the the Steelers might have actually gone down a little bit too. I, I'm not sure. sure exactly where all the teams were at the beginning, but I don't think Miami was quite that low, even if they were already last ten thousand to one. That's quite a jump. Basically, zero people putting money on the on the <laughs> Dolphins at that point. And why would you after what we saw last week? The, the Dolphins looked like absolutely the worst team in football. Um, but again, it was only one week, but it's a, it's a rough go. And I think it was pro football talk that said that they had sources inside the league that multiple players after the game were just ready to jump ship and were calling their agents. Were like, man, trade me out of here, too. This is this is rough. And I understand that. I mean, like, I'm sure... Uh, and I'm picking any random name, somebody that's a good player. Let's say Jones, a safety. He's had a quality career. He's a good player. And he probably looked at his team and said, I don't think we're going to the playoffs this year. But then you look and they trade Tunsil and they can't block anybody and Stills is gone and they're on teams that are contenders. And then you just get your head beat in by an above-average Ravens team. And then the Patriots are coming next week. Holy smokes. I mean, why not ask to get out of there? And if you're the Dolphins, if you could turn Jones into a third-round pick, do it. I mean, that's obviously the plan. You know, get every pick you can. Quality dudes. I mean, I'm keeping Minka and I'm keeping Wilkins and a couple other dudes. But, I mean, if you if you want somebody, come and get them. Yeah, and it's a rough go for someone like Minka because you're still a young player that if you're the Miami Dolphins, yeah. you're trying to build around that guy. He's a building block player for you, and even though it might be rough going for a while, it wouldn't even make sense to trade him even though you can get something nice back. So, yeah, uh, Jones is Although a good I thought ma- that about Tunsil. So there's well, always true. a price. That's true. So there is a price. So you can come over the top. But the Tunsil trade was crazy because they just obviously could not turn that down because of how much they got offered. So I understand why they did that. 
it's still just, uh, yeah. Miami Dolphins, going to be a rough season, and I think there's a pretty good chance that they're picking number one in the draft, Which, in which case we've got to start talking a little bit of draft here at some point on the show because you and I are both draft guys, obviously, you being a former scout, and I'm sure you've got some opinions on quarterbacks. Just real quick, do you have a, a clear leader? Is it is it Tua all the way for you, number one quarterback? Is it Herbert? Do you have some other names that you like at the top? Have you not really gotten deep into those guys yet? Yeah, it's funny because, again, you and I are sort of new, and unfortunately – I, I love the draft, and I am very into it. I mean, since I was a kid, I got Kuiper's book when I was six years old and knew every word of it by, <laughs> you know, a, a week after I got it in my hands. And, you know, so that's my it was my – it's my favorite thing of the year. But, unfortunately, my family gets in the way. I don't, I don't get to watch much college, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I try to read up on it. I try to pay attention. I hope Pitt wins, but I don't really care as much as I used to, to be honest. Um, until draft time and the NFL finishes up, and then I start to dig into it heavy. So uh, that's that's the day we go to Bed Bath and Beyond and Target and have a family, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, so I'm a little behind. Yeah, um, but I do think Love is a really interesting guy too. A lot of names we're going to have to get into, and I'm the same way because yeah. I don't have a, a rooting interest in the college football game. The only reason I watch college football is through the lens of who are the NFL prospects here. So later Thank in the you. season and in the off season it's a lot easier to put that much time into scouting the draft and scouting all these players. So we'll hit the draft extremely hard here on the podcast in the off season, but uh, throughout the season, I like bringing draft guests on too. We have some good ones on the network too. And from outside the network. So that'll happen quite a bit, but uh, we'll pick some brains of some experts for sure. But I have a fun feeling it's going to be a fun argument there at the top with those quarterbacks, especially with Herbert, who's the guy who's the strapping young kid who's got the height, weight, speed, and can just gun the ball. Uh, Tua, yeah. who's on the better team, that might have a little bit of what we talked about yesterday with the, the Deshaun Watson factor. You're on a good team. Who's carrying who? Is it the quarterback carrying the team? Is the team so good? You know, he might the ball might not come out with the, the zip that you would want. And maybe, you know, it's, it look, always looks weird coming from a lefty for whatever reason. I don't know why left-handers, the ball just looks different when it comes out of their hand and it looks funky sometimes, but uh, that's definitely the case with Tua. It's going to be a fun draft season, and it looks like uh, Miami Dolphins fans are probably going to go into draft mode earlier than maybe you and I will here <laughs> on this Yeah, they podcast. better start thinking about it. All right, let's get into that Twitter mailbag, shall we? Dudes, listen up. Let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember those days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. I've told you about them many times. If you haven't tried it, you're out of your mind. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Guys, I never understood the pill thing. I mean, hey, you're going to make an appointment for an hour from now? I mean, Blue Chew works so much better. Um, Now, this isn't just for guys that can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra functionality to enhance their performance in the bedroom. That's all of you. Um, Blue Chew is prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, zero awkwardness. Made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships direct. They're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, they have a fantastic deal for all of you listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment totally free when you use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL. All you're paying is $5 shipping, and you're getting way more than $5 worth of product. 
and the promo code is locked on. Again, that's bluechew.com, promo code locked on to try it free. Bluechew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them a great deal for sponsoring the podcast. Let's start with Jerry, yeah. who has a question about Cameron Jordan we saw on Monday Night Football. Uh, he said, can you give me an argument for Cam Jordan being the best overall defensive end? And I saw some people talking about, can we get some Cam Jordan Hall of Fame conversation going? Wow. Um, I guess it's, start, it's time to at least put him on the radar for Hall of Fame. I mean, he's never had a bad year. Seems to be getting better every year. I would say over the last four years, he's been a top 10 defensive player each one of those seasons. So do it another four, and then you're talking. Um, I like him a lot, but I also will say he's not a top five defensive player, and I don't know that he ever will be. I love his all-around game. You know, he can be an edge setter against the run. He can bump inside. He can rush off the edge. A variety of pass rush moves. Plays strong but not stiff. Does everything really well. More of a power 4-3 defensive end than an edge bender, blow off the ball type of guy. But he's really, really good. Um, I just don't know. He's not Miles Garrett. You know what I mean? I'd rather have Bosa. I'd rather have Garrett. I'd rather have probably five pure defensive ends, but that's not a knock on the guy. One thing here, I'm looking at his numbers, and he's played every game of his NFL career since 2016, or since uh, 2011. He's been played 16 games in every season. He started every game in every season, including week one of 2019, except for one game in his rookie season. So he had 15 starts, but played in all 16 games. That might have been just the first game of the year where he wasn't technically the starter. Yeah, some big seasons. He hasn't had that one season where it's like, okay, 18 sacks, lead the league in sacks, you know, 20 sacks. He doesn't doesn't have that wow Von Miller season, that wow a J.J. Watt season that might right. put him in that conversation for people. I think Hall of Very Good. And look, I am not a huge fan of the Hall of Fame. I hate the Hall of Fame debate, so I don't ever want to talk about that a lot on the show. I don't know if you enjoy talking about the Hall of Fame Ooh, a lot. I love the Hall of Fame. We're going to have a little problem. Okay, no, that's okay. because well, you can, popular shows, too. You can talk about the Hall of Fame, and I'll just <laughs> crap on it the whole time. Um, it's just that it's so personal for everybody. Like, my personal Hall of Fame is mine, and it's different, and I would have guys that nobody would ever vote in as my Hall of Famers, you know? So I understand why it's important for the player themselves that's getting voted in, and I get why they care about it, and I get why um, the people who get a vote for it care about it, because they have this, you know, this power, and that's kind of part of it for me, is people deciding, oh, he's not a first ballot, he's not this, he's not that, and it's just, uh, it's a debate that really it wears on me. It's probably worse for baseball than it is for football, because I think just more guys get in at football, so that makes it easier. Um, and by the way, I, I don't remember the guy's name. Do you know the guy's name? Who's the director of the hall of fame? And he's the guy that knocks on their door at the hotel room to let them know they're in the uh, hall. And he always shows up on the sideline in white gloves and like steals memorabilia and doesn't have to ask for it. I'm like, wait a second, dude, you just stole that ball from Drew Brees when he set a record and you're like, Oh, Hey, here I'm white. I'm here with white gloves. Give me that ball. I'm going to take it to the hall of fame. He's like, no dude, it's mine this now, is mine. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's so strange. It's almost a little bit creepy. I don't, I don't know that guy's name and no offense to him or, um, you know, and I'm sure he's listening to the show. So shout out to you. Let us know well, what the deal is. We well, steal. Sando's the Seattle guy. So we can ask him. He'll yeah. know. I okay. Mean, he's a hall of fame voter. So That's a good all over. 
Uh, but back to Cam Jordan, such a great career, yeah, just yeah. really solid. He's good against the run, good against the pass. He can still get you double-digit sacks, even though he's there for you against the run. He's one of those players that when you're a Saints fan, you're like, thank God we had this guy for a decade. So good. But yeah, Hall of Fame probably got to back off there. But such a great player, and he's he's always been one of the better defensive ends in the league. So uh, I love me some Cam Jordan, and every team hopes to have somebody like that on their defense. Yeah, great player. Probably not a Hall of Famer, but I do think he's a top 10 dozen type of defensive player with a lot of versatility. Easy to like. This is from JDS. What were your thoughts on Solomon Thomas coming out? What has gone wrong? And is anything salvageable with the Niners or another team? And I'm close to the Niners. So this question yeah, you want to take that one first? for me, yeah, is it's pretty easy is that he is a tweener and he was not worth the number three overall pick in the draft. Now, he was a first round player and I liked him a lot. I had him as I think 12 or 13 overall. But he is just that guy who's who's not a flexible edge bender. No. And he's only 280 pounds, so it's hard to, to project him as a full-time inside player. So he's a little bit of a tweener, and he's played bounced around from end. To, they tried to make him a, a true 4-3 end, and that wasn't really the right thing for him. And he's good against the run, and he's powerful. And then on passing downs, he's got burst from the inside. So that's really what you need to do with him is have him in nickel rushing from the inside. And if you need him out there in base, you can still have him maybe play a little three technique, or you can have him uh, as like a strong side uh, defensive end as well. But he had a really rough season last year that really derailed his whole year because in the offseason, his sister committed suicide. And I think that really wore on him. So he's really, I think, coming this season more fresh-minded. But I think the bottom line with him as a player is he's just a little bit of a tweener. And I think he can be a very good player. And for the 49ers, they just have a really deep rotation now on the defensive line. So he's probably not going to get starters reps. So maybe what would be best for him at some point is to go somewhere else, maybe play 3-4 defensive end, rush from the interior for a team, something like that, and, and maybe just get a new start with his career. But I do expect him to be a much better player this season, and he might actually have that breakout season, but it'll be more as a rotational player rushing from the inside, and he was just never quite worth that number three overall pick is what I'll say. Yeah, extremely well said. And I wrote a make-or-break player column where I highlighted like a dozen guys, and he was basically at the top of the list. I mean, it's kind of put up or shut up at this point. Maybe he goes you know, and moves on with his career after this one to a different team. I, I think the the optimist or, you know, when you looked at him coming out of Stanford was maybe he's Michael Bennett, you know, and use them all over in that Seattle front, that cover three shell, but that's easier said than done too. <laughs> you know, I mean, Michael Bennett is a great, great player with an underrated career and making a living doing what he's done over the years isn't for everyone or easy to pull off. Yeah. And there's been a lot of next Michael Bennett's throughout the years right. and none of them seem to ever be Michael Bennett. It's it's not as easy as it as it sounds, but and another problem with uh, with Solomon Thomas is that they've got Eric Armstead who's basically the same guy. They're they're built very differently, but he's a power and interior rusher on, in nickel type of a player too. So that's the other thing is just finding ways for all these guys to to fit in with the same defensive line, especially now that you have Bosa and D Ford in there playing full-time defensive end. Let's move on to coach is it Lamers or Lammers? Let's go Coach Lammers here on Twitter. He says, thoughts he on Duck. He a lot. He's a good dude. We like oh, yeah. this guy. I like this guy. 
Thoughts on <laughs> I like him already. He says thoughts on the the Dobbs to Jacksonville trade in the QB situation there. First of all, I'm surprised they got a fifth, and uh, I don't know if, I don't know what the feelings are around Pittsburgh about Dobbs. I think he's a definitely a super smart, likable player and someone that they love. But if you're talking about your backup quarterbacks that you hope never have to play, and you're going to drop a fifth rounder on them, I think that was a pretty easy yes for the Steelers. Yeah, when I heard that, especially from a team I think will probably pick early in the round, I was like. Yeah, done deal. Uh, take him. I mean, uh, I would have taken the sixth. Um, he's a, he is a likable guy. He's very, very smart. I mean, he's a rocket scientist. I mean, he is very, very smart. He's an above-average athlete. If you would look at his highlight reel from the last two preseasons, you could put together 30, 40, 50 plays of wow, and 10, 15 of them would be runs. But he makes some big throws, too. He's gotten better. Um, but he misses a lot of layups. I mean, the bubble screen that he bounces or the out route that's wide open that he sails and not a natural accuracy guy. Um, and at Ben's stage of his career, they really want a get-it-out-quick pocket passer, not an improv dude. Mason Rudolph fits that very well. So he was... At the end here, basically, he was the scout team version of Lamar Jackson for them. And for him, getting to Jacksonville is an opportunity. I mean, Gardner Minshew played really well, yeah. surprisingly. Yeah, I mean, I think they had three incompletions or so. Uh, very impressive. But could Dobbs push him? Maybe, but I don't think so. Yeah, I think they just needed bodies there, and they needed yeah. someone they could feel comfortable with playing some quarterback later in the season, knowing that Foles was going to be out. And Gardner Minshew, yeah, we didn't really talk much about him yet, and he was looking good. I mean, if you told me it was still Nick Foles out there and you changed uniforms, I'd have been like, yeah, Nick Foles is, is playing all right and doing his thing out there. So Gardner Minshew is a good story, and I'd imagine he'll play most of the rest of the, the way for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't see why he wouldn't when your rookie shows up in week one and, and starts throwing the ball like he did. And um, I don't think things will go extremely well for the Jacksonville Jaguars this year necessarily sure. with the rookie quarterback in charge. But it's interesting with the Dobbs conversation because it's this is what makes it so difficult to find an NFL quarterback because you can't have a dummy out there. You need a smart player that can grasp everything and control the huddle and, and knows is you know the CEO of the team knows what's going on with every player at every position. But then you get guys that are almost too smart. And he was like this for Alex Smith when he came out of the draft and he had that Wonderlick score that was like 48 or whatever it was. And it took him a couple of years because you can't think when you're out there. So you have to almost be, you have to be smart yeah, and dumb sure. at the same time. And yeah. I, I wonder with players like Dobbs, when you're that smart of a person, it's almost like you're too smart because you can't dumb yourself down to that level of, okay, now let's go play ball and just let it loose. Yeah, I do think there are some examples of that. And I remember being in the Browns war room. We had the third pick, and that was the Smith draft. And there were some old school scouts saying, this guy's too smart. I don't want you. Know. <laughs> <laughs> you look at him like, what the hell are you right. talking about, dude? But right. it's, there's something but it, to it. There's something to that. And I, I, I want to say Steve Young kind of began his career like that. Super smart guy, too. That I think if you pull him aside, he has said publicly – yeah, I used to overthink things and be very analytical on the field, and it just didn't work. I had to become, you know, a natural, and Coach Walsh had to get that out of me. Let's keep this moving. We've got a whole bunch more questions to get to coming up. Folks, it is a new season. The only thing that hasn't changed where I'm putting my money down on all the games. 
MyBookie is the only place to bet on football every weekend. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs 100 bucks to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. So, folks, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me, and absolutely my bookie fits that mold. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business for you and your fantasy guys out there. You can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. I love that feature, by the way. Up to a $1,000 first deposit bonus. You double your first deposit. Use our promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use our promo code Locked On when creating your, your claim when you're creating your account to claim the bonus. Again, that's locked on, two words, locked on. Bet, win, get paid. Here's a good one from John on Twitter. He says, I didn't see the game, but I heard that McCoy may be the best back on the Kansas City roster. Your thoughts on McCoy and how much he'll be used down the road? I don't know. I mean, I still have great hopes for Darwin Thompson. Maybe that, that limb's breaking that I'm out on. I don't have much faith in Damian Williams. I just think he's an average number two NFL running back. Um, I thought McCoy was really bad last year, but boy, his supporting cast was awful. Maybe his heart wasn't 100% in it. Where I keep envisioning him doing well, though, is Andy Reid setting up screens for him, you know, some misdirection stuff. And I think he did look good in, in night and day environment from last year. But I wonder what it'll look like in week 12. Yeah, that's a good call. When those old, old legs get worn down, and it might be the yeah. smart approach for Kansas City to really um, even out those reps with all three of those running backs you mentioned. But I wouldn't be surprised if McCoy's the guy that leads the charge there. Just the familiarity with Andy Reid, it's such a perfect fit there with what he likes to do and what McCoy's skills are, even if he's not uh, as quick as he used to be. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all, no, if, if, he's the, if he's the lead dog there with Sean McCoy in that offense. And it's, it's a team where you want to be the running back. You want to be the running back for Andy Reid's offense. You want to be the running oh, yeah. back for a team that's quarterbacked by Patrick Mahomes and defensive coordinators can't stack the box on you. And you've, you're always going to have uh, some space, I think, to work with in Kansas City because both scheme and both how teams have to face the Chiefs. So. It's a good situation to be in, and I think you feel solid about any of those backs, but it's not like you expect any of them to be you know, leading the league with 1,200 yards rushing at the end of the year. Yeah, and I do think there'll be some committee to it all in all, and we'll see who the hot hand is week to week. And you're right, that's, a, that's the offense you want to be in if, you're in if you are LaShawn McCoy. The 2018 Bills is not. <laughs> good call, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, speaking of the Bills... Uh, this is oh, how about that? yeah. Uh, Long term, would you rather have Josh Allen or Trubisky? I saw this one, and part of me was hoping you didn't pick it because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I was hoping you had something because I was thinking the same thing. I don't know. Flip yeah. the coin. I would say still Trubisky, just because, and is probably you know I've talked about it a lot already on this show. Going back to how I had him evaluated coming out, I just had Trubisky way higher. So I'm, I'm going to mm-hmm. stick with that, and I still think Trubisky's. Both of them have really high ceilings. I just never saw it. Just the pure accuracy from Josh Allen's. I think that'll be more frustrating. I think Trubisky, who didn't play a ton of football in college, only a one-year starter. There's still 
somewhere to go for him. And I think he wasn't even as bad on Thursday night as people made it out to be, you know, because uh, the offensive line was really bad for him. The guys weren't open a ton. I think there's more there for Trubisky, and I think he's on a better team right now, which also will help him. So I'll break the tie there. I'll go Trubisky just because I don't have, I just never really liked Josh Allen a ton, despite his, obviously, his physical tools. Yeah, and it's a good conversation because both do have immense upside. I mean, I recognize that. My hunch is if they walked in the room, they look similar. If they had a race or an arm strength competition, it would be close or overall athleticism and smarts. And uh, both are considered you know, very favorable by their teammates, particularly Allen. That's not a knock on Trubisky. But both have the same worries, too, is – it's just accuracy to me and rarely do people get better with accuracy at this stage of their career in the league. Allen's wow throws are more wow, but I think Trubisky makes more of them, you know, and I think he's a little bit better passer at this stage. And I recognize why bears and bills fans are excited about him, but I would say, most of the high pedigree quarterbacks that have come in the league the last two, three years would be on my list over both these guys. That's a good spot to end it here. And man, the week goes fast. We're going to have Mike Sando on tomorrow for our Thursday show, previewing the week two matchup on Thursday night football. And we'll be into week two and making all the picks on Friday show for all of the Sunday and Monday action. Matt, always fun. Thank you so much. And we'll be back tomorrow. Mike Sando on Thursday edition of Locked on NFL.